collect the offering this morning. God bless you. Thank you, worship team. It's good to have some visitors with us this morning. We want to welcome you. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, you know what? I want to encourage you, uh, if you see somebody that you haven't seen, we know that we have some that uh, we haven't seen in here in a while. I want to encourage you to call a friend. And uh, it's not like you're playing uh, who wants to be a millionaire, but you can invite a friend and you can use phone a friend. And yeah, you can use your lifeline. This morning we're starting a series on the Holy Spirit. Oh, sorry, there are kids today. Sorry. Thank you. Charlene's standing there so patiently waiting for me. And one hand on the hip like a teacher. And it's like, there's lots of kids today. So God be with you. And, uh, and Renee, may God strengthen you. Yeah. So kids, you are dismissed that way. And... Uh, May God bless you as you go this morning and receive at your level of understanding. Uh, on Wednesday, if you are not busy on Wednesday night and you would like to come for coffee with Sharon and I, at 6.45, you're welcome to join us for coffee. We're going to be at Tim Hortons, is the one by the Service Sports Center, and we've reserved the whole place. The whole, no, we didn't. Uh, but we were there last week at 6.45, if you may have seen the post. And I must tell you, we felt like we reserved the whole place. Because there was like nobody else in there. And so I don't know if it was us when we entered that people said well, we're not going. But uh, so Wednesday at 6.45, if you'd like to come for coffee or tea, uh, if you can't afford coffee or tea, we'll buy you a water. No, just a cup. Yeah, no, you're welcome to join us, please. We'd love to get to connect, and we know that it's just easier sometimes to go in an informal setting. And uh, so Wednesday at 6.45. Last week was uh, Easter Sunday. We still have a number of families that are away traveling, seeing family members. But as we move on from Easter, we start to see Holy Spirit show up at but war in the New Testament. Not that the Spirit of God was not there. The Spirit of God was there from the very beginning in the book of Genesis. But now we see not just the Spirit of God, but we see talk of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. There's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so fitting for us to start a series on the Holy Spirit right after Easter, because this is when Jesus talked about his Holy Spirit coming and being with us. And in fact, those very first disciples, as they gathered, uh, encountered and had some understanding of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to start there, and then we're going to go from those encounters in the, in the Gospels to what it means in the book of Acts, and so on and so forth. And and how that is to affect our lives. So this morning as we look at, at um, the Holy Spirit, the title of the message is Comforted by the Holy Spirit. We live in a world that loves that word, comfort. 
You know, you rarely go buy anything and say, I want the least comfortable one you have. You know, we, we buy beds that are comfortable. We buy cars that are comfortable. And some, sometimes when we get older places in life, we say, you know what? I want not such a rigid ride that a sports car has. I want a comfortable car, one that just kind of floats over the road. I remember when, I was, when we were younger, uh, we'd never had a comfortable car. It was a car. But somebody lent us their car that was, you know, it had the, it had the word Cadillac in it. And wow, what a different ride compared to the one that I could afford back then. And, you know, it's just kind of like you were riding on the clouds. I don't know how fast it went. It was not my car, so I didn't try that out. Um, I, I wish I would have. Those of you who own those kind of cars, you can tell me how fast they go. But we want comfort in our lives. We find things that can make our life easier or faster. Our whole life is dependent upon that balance of work and comfort. You know, it's, it's got to be in balance. And sometimes our lives get out of balance and we are just workaholics and we never have time for ourselves where we get recharged. We seek out furniture that's comfortable. How many of you have been furniture shopping ever? You know, you didn't just get hand-me-downs from your mom. And you get on, it's like, mm, this one ain't very comfortable. We, I, I like to buy, I shouldn't say we, but it, when, when I go to buy a couch with, my wife, I try to lay down on it because I figured, you know what, I'm probably going to sleep here once in a while. So it may as well be good for sleeping, right? Ain't nothing worse than a couch that you can't sleep on. So those little ones that are too short where your head touches one end and your feet when you're curled up kind of touch the other, it's like, no, that ain't really good. I want comfort. And we, we do all these things, and we acquire things that are comfortable. We even do that with friends. Well, they're not really comfortable to hang out with. You know, they, I really have to work hard at being with them. It's not very comfortable. We live in a house that if we have, well, we all have heat in our houses. We shouldn't say if we have heat, but... We set the temperature to a comfort zone, right? And at certain stages in our life, that comfort zone goes somewhere between 68 to probably 72. And, and if you're outside of that zone, you all know when we hit that one particular week where we all wish we had an air conditioner, you know, maybe it was almost two weeks where we wish we had an air conditioner, it's like, <gasps> not even comfortable in here anymore. We live for comfort. If you need somebody to talk to you about air conditioners, I can probably hook you up. I get a bit of a kickback, I think. We even choose social gatherings based on whether or not we feel comfortable at them. Like, well, I don't know if I want to go because, uh, you know, I, I just don't feel comfortable there. We go to churches that we're comfortable with. I was somewhere the other day in a waiting room. And I know why they call it a waiting room. Because I'm waiting to see how long I've got to sit in this uncomfortable chair. You know, it's like, oh, if it would have been five minutes, okay, I can handle that. But there was like zero padding on this plastic chair. 
not even comfortable. Like, I'm going to need a chiropractor after sitting in your waiting room. Comfort. We buy clothes that we feel comfortable in. Right? I mean, it's like, if we could really show up in everything that we feel comfortable in on a Sunday morning, we'd probably all be wearing our sweatpants, our pajamas, or, you know, something that is just like, you know what, I'm comfortable with this. I'm not saying we should go out in public with some of the clothes that we're comfortable in. I know probably my wife and daughter wouldn't let me out of the house with some of those clothes, and I'm like, you know, these, these old sweats that are just kind of, uh, I shouldn't go anywhere but the backyard when I'm working. You know, those ones, the comfortable ones. Where does this drive for comfort come from? Like, why do we just say, you know what, I want to be comfortable? Well, I think because we don't want to be uncomfortable. And I think also sometimes because we don't have it. Sometimes if deep inside of us we're really not comfortable with who we are and what life is dealing with us right now. You know, when life goes difficult, when life is tough, we, we tend to lean to the things that are comfort. We, we want comfort food. We want to feel a good movie. We want just to be coddled. Because sometimes we just can't face life. So we get to those places saying, I want to just be... <sighs> right? With all the effort that we make to get comfortable, when I think about us as Canadians... We're probably one of the most restless societies around this world. I mean, we have a lot of things in comparison to the rest of the world. When you look at our lives as Canadians, and if you take your salary, there's some websites you can do it. You can take your salary, your, your level of living, and you can compare it to the rest of the world. Most of us, if not all of us in this room, are in that 20% range where we make more than, 20, than 80% of the world. And we have things of comfort. We have a house over our roof over our heads that doesn't leak. We have a bed to sleep in. We have heat. We may not like paying the heat, but we have heat. You know, we have the things that make us comfortable. We don't have to go to a well to get our water. We don't, I don't think anybody in here has an outhouse. You know, we have comfort. And yet we seem so restless in our society, in our country. I think because we fail to find the one thing that can really bring comfort to us. You see, we try to fill our life with so many other things that can make us comfortable or that make us feel comfortable at the moment. But they really don't bring us comfort. Holy Spirit, now, is the one who can bring comfort. He's the one that brings us comfort, not just for the things of life, not just for the, the things that I can touch and feel in the couch that I sit on and the clothes that I wear, but deep inside, in the inner part of who I am. And you see, when I'm settled on the inside, the externals matter less. 
When I'm settled with, you know what, I'm comfortable because God loves me. And he takes care of me, and he watches over me, and he provides for me. The externals, they matter less. But when we live in this world that is constantly not comfortable with, with who they are, because they've never surrendered to the one who's made them. The Holy Spirit comforted us with truth. In John chapter 14, verses 15 to 18, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You see, as believers, as people that understand the word of God, there is a level of comfort that we have because we understand that he's not abandoned us. These early disciples, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead and was going to go to the Father to sit at the right hand to intercede on your behalf and mine, said, you know what, I will send another, a comforter, one who will be with you. Oh, I like that. I, I'm not alone. I'm sure that's what went through their brains. Oh, this is good. Okay, you can go, Jesus. You can go to the right hand of the Father. You can ascend to heaven. Why? Because your comforter has come. There's a promise made. Obeying Jesus' commands are not always easy in a difficult and sinful world. They involve loving and giving in a world that can be just draining. Anybody experience that of our world? Just like just sucks the life out of you sometimes. Just pulls it right out of you. It's like, this isn't very comfortable. None of us like to have the life drained out of us. And where do we get that power to keep going? Like, where do we get charged up again to just, Keep going. Where do we find this comfort that we are called and invited to share out with others? Well, I can't find it in myself. In myself, I have a little bit of patience. In myself, I have a little bit of strength. But with God's help, with Holy Spirit's help within me, I have more to give. Because it's not drawing from my will. It's drawing from his. And that's a well that doesn't have a limit. It's not like you can say, well, I hit the bottom of God's well and there's nothing left to give. No, God always has strength, power, hope to give. Jesus adds that he will ask the Father to send another comforter to help us especially to help us, especially needed since he is soon to return to his Father in heaven. The, the leaving of Jesus was bringing anxiety to these disciples. They're like, um, if you go, now what about us? Like, we're still here. 
How could they get along without Christ? How would they know God's mind without Jesus there telling them? To this, Jesus assures them that there's a plan. There's a plan for them, and just as much as there was a plan for those early disciples, there's a plan for your life as well. That the Comforter was coming. That he would come and be with them. That he wouldn't leave them comfortless. This new revelation was great news. This new Comforter was called the Spirit of Truth. They wouldn't be left to figure it all out on, them, on their own. The Holy Spirit would come and be the revealer of truth. You see, we need to know the Word of God so that when we know the Word of God, the Spirit can remind us of what we've read, of what we've understood and comprehended. The Holy Spirit can bring that back to our memory. Say, remember? This is God's promise. So he speaks truth. The truth of God's word. They would not be left to their own intellect or their own will. The Holy Spirit would primarily uh, would work through the word of God. They would finally understand it. And the Holy Spirit would reveal truth about it. If you, if you remember from the Gospels, a lot of times when Jesus spoke, I'm sure they scratched their heads many times, these disciples. and was like, well, what do you mean? So Jesus taught them in parables so that they could understand, so that they could comprehend exactly what he was saying. And so Jesus is saying, you know what? You're going to have the Holy Spirit help to reveal that into your heart, to reveal the word that you've received. Jesus adds here that the world would not understand his word. You ever read the Bible before becoming a believer? You, you maybe you yeah, and you start at the beginning of the book like every other book, right? It's like Genesis. Well, this is cool. I can read about this. And then you get to Genesis, and then you get to Exodus. It's like, well, this is all right. This is still going along. Then you get to Leviticus, and it's like, wow. You know. Then you get to you get to the book of Numbers, and I'm like, you know, you're going cross-eyed. You know. Then you get to other books of the Bible, and it's like. Then you, you can pick up again, you get the Song of Solomon. It's like, oh, I'll just keep reading here for a while. You know, then you get back to some of these other books, and they're like, oh my goodness, why am I reading this? You know, it kind of goes like, but if we have the God's Spirit within us, there's things that we read all the way along that are, we see God in them. We see God being revealed. Even as we read the book of Revelation, if you're not a believer and you start reading that, you're going to be like, oh, what's going on? But we need to remind ourselves that it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So if you start to see Christ in all of it, it's like, oh, okay. It's not as bad as I once thought it was. So you can't really understand the Word of God without the Spirit of God. If you want a deeper understanding, you understand that you need to rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. The, Holy, the, the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit and it is revealed as truth by the Holy Spirit. That's God's power. We need God to reveal His Word to us. I want to encourage you, when you read the Bible, 
Would you say, God, would you reveal something in here that I've not read before? I know that there are individuals in this room and even watching us on live stream that have read the Bible numerous times. And even as you go over that same passage over and over again, you say, God, reveal something in here that I've not read before. Would you allow me to see something different? And God will. God will help you with that. You see, that's really the starting point for many is when the Holy Spirit first awakens our understanding to the Word, creating that sense of awareness of our sin and our need for Christ. Remember last week? If you don't have a long sermon, drink water. That's not the case this week, though. Those who have the Holy Spirit in their lives will see the work of the Spirit, revealing the truth about God and man. The truth of God's Word becomes clear to those who have the Spirit as we learn more and more about God's salvation. Jesus promised His Holy Spirit. We have some in our world today who like to think, well, the Holy Spirit is done with us today. We're, we really don't need Him today. I want to tell you that we live in a world today that without the Holy Spirit, I don't know how we live in this world. When you look at what's going on around us, I'm like, how would you just want to cut short the third person of the Godhead, of the Trinity? Say, so, and you know what? We can do it on our own. I don't think we're doing such a good job on our own. We need God's help. We need God's Spirit to move. Amen? So Jesus promised his presence of the Holy Spirit with his disciples who would bring revelation of truth, truth that will guide them, would comfort them, would save them. In John 15, verse 26, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Here Jesus defines what the part of the work of the Spirit will be, will be to help us to recall God's word that we've heard. To recall God's word in our hearts and to say, ah, yeah. You see, as mere men, it would be near impossible for them to remember everything Jesus had said. I mean, it would be like carrying like an encyclopedia. Some of you young people don't even know what that is. Like the every volume with you, everywhere you went. But the Holy Spirit is now there to help us. It's to guide us, to remind us of truth. If you're wondering what an encyclopedia was, it's pre-Google. Everything that Google has was in encyclopedias, in book form before. The Holy Spirit would help them to recall Jesus' words. It would bring comfort to them about God's ways and his plans when they face tough things in their life. Holy Spirit often takes our weak memories and helps us in difficult circumstances. I remember as a pastor being with older folks when they are getting close to going to be with Jesus. And you know what they remember the most? The Word of God. God's Word. 
They might forget your name. They might forget that they saw you yesterday. They might forget what they had for lunch. But you know what they know? The Word of God. And that doesn't just come by accident. It's not like, well, the Word of God I know, I don't know who you are. No, the Holy Spirit does that. He helps us and, and seals that in our hearts and our lives. And so that we can recall it when, when we, we need it. Holy Spirit will testify about Jesus. He doesn't speak about himself, but he points the way to Jesus and reveals Christ to us and to others. So not only does he comfort us with truth, he comforts us with tranquility. I like that word. I think of something like this. Just, you know, where you can kind of just get away from the things of this world. We need that sometimes, don't we? And Holy Spirit can help us with that. I want you to be with us for the next number of weeks if you can, if possible. You can join us on live stream. But if you're here in the house, it's nice as well. Sometimes we think Holy Spirit is only some of these aspects over here where we're not so sure what to do with. Well, we're going to help teach about those things so that you now understand what the biblical principle and, and understanding of those is. But I wanted to have this basis so that we understood that Holy Spirit is not just things that we don't understand, but it's for everyday life as well. For the things of life that we sometimes say, well, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to live in this moment. So it's not just about the manifestations of the Spirit. We need those. We need the gifts of the Spirit. But we need the Holy Spirit every day. In every part of our lives. In John chapter 14, and verses 25 and 26, it says this. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus offers his disciples reassurance that the Holy Spirit will indeed work to enable them to teach. You see, we say, I don't know how to do it. I haven't been to Bible college. I haven't been in church my whole life. We put a lot of qualifiers there, don't we? I don't know what to say. If you're relying on your own strength, then yes, you're right. Sometimes we don't know what to say or how to say it. But if we're relying on Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, would you help me? Would you give me the words to say? He will and he does help us. We don't have to just try to, on a, to go it on our own. He's not, God is in heaven looking down on us and saying, have fun. No. He, in fact, has given us his Holy Spirit, his helper, to go with us, to help us, to equip us. When we rely on his strength to say, I don't know what to say, but Holy Spirit, would you equip me to say the right things? You see, because God knew and God knows that in the future we will face things, and maybe not even in the future, maybe even today you're facing things. You say, I don't know how... I don't know how to go through this. There's tough times they come. 
some of them in our, in our family, in our church family that are going through some very tough things today. And my heart breaks. There's some of us today that are homesick. There's others today that are home depressed and, and just... There's some in our family that are... we got things going on in their immediate families that I'm like, Jesus, unless you move. Because you could just be so overwhelmed. And we need God to move, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit to move into those situations and those circumstances. Because I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't have words to say. In fact, none of us in this room with situations that I know of that are happening today in our church family would have a word to say. We'd be just lost. But we say this, God, would you move? Holy Spirit, would you go to the middle of that circumstance and would you bring peace? Because in, in our own, I don't have the ability to, to make your life all comfortable. I don't have the ability to make your situation tranquil. I don't have the ability to just say, there you go, here's some peace. But God can go into the middle of your circumstance, your situation, and he can bring you peace. You see, there are those in our fellowship and our body that just need reassurance that they won't drown, that this will not overtake them, that there will be help as long as the Holy Spirit is with them, that he, they can handle whatever situation is coming their way, that they can recall and rely on Jesus' teaching to say, you know what, I am there with you. You see, nothing is more reassuring than God's word in times of stress or uncertainty. And this is what the Holy Spirit brings back to our minds and helps us to focus on when we are facing things that are uncertain. Thank God, I need your help. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Jesus was bringing some practical teaching to, to the psalm. And he says, you know what? He will bring peace to their hearts. For those who are facing tough things today, apart from God, I don't know where peace comes from. Apart from God coming to the middle of the circumstances and situations, I don't know where peace comes from. And you're saying, yeah, I understand that. I've been there as well. Or I am there right now. With all this reassurance of the presence and work of the Holy Spirit, they need not be afraid or troubled. You see, you will go through things that are difficult. You're probably, some of you may be in things that are not so fun right now. But I want you to know that God can give you peace. God can give you strength. 
God can give you a reassurance. God can take that situation. Though a storm may be around you, God can speak to the middle of that situation and bring you peace. He's absolutely capable of doing that. And this peace that he would give us wouldn't just be fake, but it would be real. It'd be real. It'd be tangible. It'd be like, and that's not the ostrich sticking their head in the sand and saying, there's no problems, there's no problems, there's no problems. No, that means that we pull our head out of the sand and say, you know what? Though the storm around me may be battering the, the things of my life, my peace is not built on the things of this earth. The peace that I have comes from God. And that doesn't mean that the storm stops. That simply means that he's with us in the storm. I wish I could tell you that the storm stops. But there's times where it doesn't. And God is there with you. Oh yes, he can calm the storm. But he's also there with us in the storm. The rest that he brings that would come would come from the Holy Spirit. It's not simply a rest physically or mentally. It's security. It's knowing that we know that we know that he's there with us. Even in the midst of the battle of life, there's another, another comforter. For the believer, the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit acts as a shield to guard our hearts against fear and worry. How are you doing with that, with those two words? With fear and worry. Well, Pastor, let me be honest. Now, be honest to God. Be honest to God and say, Father, I'm struggling with that. I don't know. We, we live in a world that is so prone and fixated on the comfort of this world that we, we run here and we run there trying to find peace, trying to find safety and security in a world that can never offer us really safety and security and peace. The only one who can give it to us, that kind of peace, is God. Because if we simply look at this world, it, it seems like it quiets down, or that's what our world would want us to think. One of these days I sat down and I was thinking back to when there had not been a conflict on our earth. Some tra national uh, disaster or some tragedy and I can't think of a moment when there was something. Whether it be a war, a famine, a natural disaster, I can't think of a moment when there hasn't been something. Maybe we haven't heard of it on the news, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. But I can't think of a moment when there hasn't been something on our earth. And that could really make us down. Sorry. I'm not trying to do that. But I want you to know that our peace doesn't come from lack of things around us. 
Our peace doesn't come from not having these things happen in our world. Our peace comes from our Heavenly Father. Our peace comes from Holy Spirit who lives within us, who can bring us peace regardless of what is going on around us, who can give us hope. doesn't matter what it looks like around us. The world cannot match or duplicate this kind of peace, for it only comes from the Holy Spirit. There is rest in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. The third thing today and the last point is this, is comforted with touch. You know, there's nothing better than when you're going through a tough time, for me anyways, when my wife comes up and just gives me a hug, or one of my daughters says, you know what, we're there. When somebody just takes us by the hand and says, you know what, I'm praying for you. Let me, let me, let me bless you. There's, there's nothing greater than that, is there? Than just knowing that we're not alone. Than knowing that we don't go through these things alone. In John chapter 16 and verse 7, it says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus now explains the reason for his departure. It is so this magnificent ministry of the Holy Spirit could come for them after all. If Jesus stayed, the Holy Spirit would not come in this new and full way. God's Spirit, yes, would have been there, but the Holy Spirit would not have come in this new way. And if he wouldn't have come, it would have left them with great restrictions. They had already operated under this limited way before. The error of the Spirit, however, would change them and God's people dramatically. It's not that Jesus didn't want to be in touch with them. But he was leaving. In fact, it was to enhance his touch in our lives that he desired to go so that the Holy Spirit would come into each one of them and to down, down the road to all those who would believe. Rather than lose something in Christ's departure, they would actually be gaining something quite important. I picture those first disciples in that upper room. You know, they're having the Last Supper together. They're understanding what's going to happen. They see Christ on the cross. And what happens when they go to a house after and they're, you know, close the doors and they're all gathered. They're saying, oh, what's happening? And you remember the risen Christ shows up at the house. And Thomas, who we get after sometimes, we doubting Thomas, he's, you know, Jesus says, here, put your hand here. Put your finger here. Understand that this body is not quite resurrected yet, but I'm going away. And if I go away, another one will come. And they're like, no, 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 just stay in the room with us because it's no better with you in the room. He says, you don't get it. Unless I go, the Spirit can't come. 
Maybe some of us are just like those disciples in that house gathered and we say, no, we just stay here. Let's just stay in this place of comfort. Let's just stay where we know what we know. And God says, you know what? I want to give you my Holy Spirit so that you will do greater things. So that you will have comfort wherever you go, not just staying in the room, but even when you leave this place. Even when you go outside, even when you connect with this world around you, Jesus says, I want my Spirit to go with you. Because with Holy Spirit with you is always a majority. They would know and begin to know the Holy Spirit's presence like Jesus did. It was God's desire to touch them in a powerful way, no longer just in those moments when Jesus happened to be with them. But that the Holy Spirit would come and remain a resident within them. In John chapter 20 and verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Finally, the day arrived when this became reality for them. It became real. If Jesus hadn't given them the Holy Spirit, we would not know any reality to spiritual things. The very presence of the Holy Spirit in the church and in the believers is the testimony of the reality of God touching lives. The worship team could come back. You see, Jesus wants to really touch your life, your circumstance, your situation. And it begins with the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it starts there with you understanding that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for your sins. And then it continues on to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where we, that point where we say, you know what, Holy Spirit, come and live in every part of my life. Every part of me. Be that source of comfort that I need. Be that source of strength that I need. We can be consoled by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can have the comforter come, even in uncomfortable times. You see, while this world seeks for comfort in other things, when those who don't know Jesus Christ try to find comfort in everything else other than and they just don't find it, we can have comfort with God. You see, let's not miss that part of the Holy Spirit, that he's come as the comforter. That's what he wants to be in your life. You see, it means several things when we say the Holy Spirit is my comforter. It means he's the counselor. 
He's the one who strengthens and guides and teaches us. He's the one who enables us. It also means peace. Peace in, even in the midst of conflict. The Holy Spirit's presence in our lives gives a certain tranquility that the world cannot give. A peace that is birth of the Spirit and not just peace from conflicts. You see, I believe there are some here today that saying, Pastor, I'm having some conflicts right now. I know in our conversations even of yesterday that there are some within our church body that are having some difficult moments. And I'm praying and I'm believing that the Holy Spirit will go into those situations and bring comfort. That doesn't mean that those circumstances, those situations just go away. It means that in the middle of those circumstances that the Holy Spirit is there. And maybe that's your as well today. Maybe there's things going on in your life. You're saying, I just don't know how to make it through. I don't know how to have peace. I'm not sure how I will make it another day. I want you to know that Holy Spirit is here. He's here. And he can touch your situation. He can touch your life. And maybe you'd just like somebody to pray with you that for that. So that you'd have assurance that God's presence is with you. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I want to encourage you to come and stand up here. Somebody, maybe God's laying it on your heart already to go in to pray with them and for them. If you see somebody coming up, just Come right behind them and stand with them and pray with them. But we're going to believe and trust in a God who can meet circumstances and situations. Who can touch lives today. If you must go, may God be with you and bless you.